Hello, welcome everyone. Hare Krishna. We're going to do a spectacular Hollywood presentation for you this afternoon. Well, not really, but uh, we're going to present Bhagavad Gita for you in a contemporary mode in about a half an hour. You know, Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna in 30 minutes, 35 minutes. It was a very brief conversation that has historically resonated throughout the world with millions and millions of people. So Srila Prabhupada translated the Bhagavad Gita as it is, which uh, has been the standard. Is that showing all right? Yeah. So that has been the single Bhagavad Gita that has impacted the world more than any other. There have been 700 translations of Bhagavad Gita in English prior to Srila Prabhupada's translation. And his was the first one that ever produced a single devotee of Krishna in the Western world. So that Gita is such a uh, landmark in the history of understanding the philosophy of the Sanatana Dharma that one might ask, what's the need for another Gita? So there's two things about that. First, uh, language is always changing. So we need to adjust and adapt the message according to the contemporary vernacular language. This is one of the reasons I've taking the trouble to rephrase the, the uh, Gita in more contemporary language. Another is interesting story. Srila Prabhupada was once talking with his disciples about books they could translate after his departure. He suggested the uh, Sandarbhas, uh, the uh, Mahabharata, and then Bhagavad Gita. And his disciples asked him, Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada, you already have a Bhagavad Gita. He said, oh, we'll have so many Bhagavad Gitas. <laughs> so there are reasons to present it in always fresh ways. And I hope you enjoy this short presentation. We're going to excerpt about a third of the text of Bhagavad Gita in this half-hour presentation. And my two fellow presenters here, Nityananda Chandra Prabhu, is going to read Arjuna's part, and Navin Prabhu, is going to read Sanjaya, and also The Fiend. And um, they've been practicing all afternoon. Well, not really. <laughs> Doing it sort of spontaneously here. So um, before we start, let me give you a quick overview of what we're going to be seeing. Yep. Uh, the, Bhagavad, the wrath of God, of course, you know this phrase, the wrath of God. That's the Judeo-Christian understanding of God. I grew up with a very wrathful, scary person. Well, Krishna is not at all like that. He's very cool. He's benevolent. He's kind to everybody. He never threatens. He just invites us to show our love and to receive. Okay. Okay, so the wrap of God is presented in three sections, karma yoga, jnana yoga, and bhakti yoga. Karma Yoga is in these divisions, spirit, duty, detachment, and the three modes of nature. The Jnana Yoga section is, covers yoga, gurus, Krishna, and the cosmic form, all taken from the Bhagavad Gita. And finally, the, the Bhakti section covers Brahman, fiends, bhaktas, and bhakti. Now, what's the difference between the, the rap of God and the original Gita? 700 verses in classical Sanskrit in the original. The rap of God has 220 verses in vernacular English. 
The Gita has 18 chapters. Our presentation this afternoon will have 12 topics extracted from the Gita. Uh, the original Gita is a conversational, sequential presentation. The Wrath of God uses a thematic approach, which is also known in Sanskrit as a sandarbha. Sandarbha means weaving, when you take the pieces of a scripture and, and intertwine them by topic. And finally, Krishna's divinity is shown early in the original Gita. And we put it back a bit in the wrath of God because of the audiences we're trying to reach. Finally, both of them would take about 30 minutes. And, of course, I'm sure you're asking, is this really rap? The old suburban dudes writing rap? I don't think so. Well, let me just say that it is rap, at least in the 1960s sense. See, back when music was good uh, in the 60s, uh, we used to call rap an informal but focused statement, like let's rap about something, right? So to aid memorization, the text incorporates mnemonic devices that are found in contemporary rap, such as multiple rhymes and alliterations, where many words begin with the same letter or sound. In the text, Sanjaya, the narrator's words appear in orange, Arjuna's in yellow, and Krishna's in white. And each topic begins with a relevant shloka from Bhagavad Gita. So that's where you come in in the audience. I'd like everyone to please chant along with us when, we, when these verses come on the screen. Is that all right? Okay. All right. So are you ready to wrap? Can everyone see the screen? Well, Maturanath Prabhu, can you see all right? If you need to adjust it, please do so now, if you don't mind, and so we can all see. Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare. Yeah, whatever you need to do. It, it, just don't look at us, all right? <laughs> all right. Together now, please. Dharma Kshetre Kuru Kshetre Samaveta Yuyutsavaha Mamaka Pandavaschaiva Kimakurvata Sanjaya Tritarastra said, My brother's sons and my sons took their battle-thirsty moods to Kurukshetra's sacred plain. Sanjaya, what's the news? My master, your five nephews, suffered decades of abuse. And when your sons kept hurting them, they finally broke the truce. Although your blameless nephews were outnumbered by your sons, your mighty nephew Arjuna was fighter number one. Hey, Krishna, drive a chariot. Arjuna told his friend where we can see our enemies before we kick their ends. So then before the deadly war, Sri Krishna shook the reins, and soon Arjuna's scene was in between two campaigns. Arjuna's wise transcendent friend and now his charioteer said, Look, Arjuna, check the flock of frenzied fighters here. Arjuna spied on both sides all his family, friends, and guides, supplied and plied for fratricide to triumph or to die. He gawked in shock at family stock and friends in battle gear. He teared, felt weird, and bent the ear of his dear charioteer. To see my folks provoked enough to fight until they die. Makes all the limbs start shaking and my mouth is breaking dry. 
My mind is taking flight. I'm right behind as well. What can come from such a fight is frightening as hell. Now please explain what I'll gain while winning this domain. When those whose veins are contained my blood who are slain on this terrain. Some lesser stressed out freak might finish off his family. But why should we with wisdom work our world class dynasty? Oh Krishna, I have listened to much wisdom and I know well. If I bust up my dynasty, I'll tumble straight to hell. No, let my wicked cousins come and crush me to the ground. Better than living fat if they are not around. Why are you copping out, Arjuna? What's that going to do? Besides make you look gutless and bring karma down on you? It's too bizarre to come this far and then to fall apart. Arjuna, stand and fight right now and let the battle start. I'd rather be a beggar than the killer of my own clan. Their boss is vain, but if they are slain, the blood will stain my hands. I'm too confused to choose. Should I confront them or give in? As dumb as they may be, how can I come kill these men? And and even if I rule the heaven, the earth, as the demigods rule heaven, I do it as a clueless fool who is drowning in depression. Each way I lose, I'm so confused. I need some help from you. Just take me as an empty slate and tell me what to do. Such attitudes and platitudes are pouring from your head, but cooler people never mourn the living nor the dead. Each one of us has lived before, a countless flow of lives, and each of us will live forever. Spirit never dies. The spirit permeates the flesh, it's permanent and whole, and no one can diminish or destroy the deathless soul. The inner soul continues while the outer body ends. So why are you uptight about this fight, my learned friend? To think that you will kill or will be killed are both mistakes, for souls cannot be killed and souls cannot assassinate. Not once have you, the soul, been killed throughout your history. You never came, you never left, you never come to be. The soul cannot be pulled apart or burned by any blaze. No water drowns the spirit, and no wind can make it fade. The soul cannot be burned or dried or broken or dissolved. The soul will never end or shrink or mutate or evolve. My friend, no man or weapon can annihilate the soul. Forget your foolish fears and let your needless weeping go. Our bodies morph from young to old to dead and then you leave to take another body as the mindful souls perceive as people buy new clothes and throw away the old and worn the soul replaces dead bodies with fresh ones newly born in body after body as a person plant or beast you smile and frown go up and down in pleasure or in grief when you catch on the thrill is gone because all the pain you're in will make you hate to incarnate and end up born again the striving transcendentalist can see the soul won't die while worldly guys with downcast eyes see nothing though they try yad yad acharati shrestas tad tad evitarojanaha sayat pramanam kurute lokas tad anuvartate 
now manning up for righteousness, a fighter's obligation, will land you more applause than to withdraw in hesitation. Since fighting opens wide the doors to heavenly delight, a fighter is excited when invited to a fight. But if you choose to flee, depravity will compensate you. Your name will be defamed and all your buddies will berate you. Your enemies will slap their knees and tease your freeze with scorn. A destiny to make you scream. Why was I ever born? <laughs> if you are feeling moody and you let your duty slide, you'll briefly be less gloomy, but you won't be satisfied. Instead of just retracting, you can tackle useful tasks. If you're a dud, a sofa spud, your body will collapse. As duty led King Jonica, the saint to his perfection, so you should also act to give the common man direction. The common man will do whatever great men introduce, for great men set the standard that humanity pursues. Much better that you battle, even if things go to hell, than moralizing till you win the peace prize from Nobel. Yagnartat karma non yatra loko yam karma bandhanaha tadartam karma konteya mukta sanga samachara. Now, Krishna, as you urge me on to fight this ghastly war, you seem to contradict what you have just mentioned before. You said a saint is self, has self-restraint and keeps a sense of stash. Now, isn't it more skillful than to kill for land or cash? I'll teach you how to fight with a detached mentality. When you dispatch attachment, you'll be permanently free. So what if you are sad or glad or if you win or lose? Just fight for fighting's sake and take what comes without the blues. To work and stay detached with peaceful senses, heart and mind, sages know as karma yoga. That is more refined. Perform your work as sacrifice while working on this earth to stop the slop of birth and death and birth and death and birth. Four types of people turn to me. Another four do not, including one who isn't giving a living any thought. A second type is wicked, selfish, mean, and always pissed. The other two, smart ass and smug, think I do not exist. The righteous four include the person suffering distress, the person needing money and is hoping to be blessed, the person who is curious and puts me to the test, and someone who is simply wise. Of all, the wise are best. For after many births and deaths, the wise with perfect minds accept me as reality. But man, they're hard to find. Arjuna, you are no buffoon. Rejuvenate your head. Just flush the mush and feel the rush of serving God instead. Prakrite kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimudhatma my dear Arjuna, let's commune, tune in to these directions that sages are enthused to use for cruising to perfection. Each species needs a spirit soul to bring it up to speed, and matter's dead and stuck in bed till I implant the seed. Dead matter cleaves to qualities of goodness, dark, and passion, three modes that each provoke the soul to act in different fashions. My faultless friend, the mode of goodness, dresses up as pure. The soul and goodness feels at peace in 
enlightened and secure. The mode of passion crashes in when you crank up desire. It makes the soul feel full of holes and cravings to acquire. The mode of darkness makes the soul collapse into a heap of laziness and craziness and ignorance and sleep. When goodness wins, you're satisfied. When passion wins, you crave. And when the mode of darkness wins, you suffer like a slave. That happiness and goodness manifesting from within at first appears like poison but is nectar in the end. That happiness and passion tastes like nectar at the start, delighting all the senses while it's poisoning the heart. But happiness in darkness is delusion all the way from laziness to craziness to total disarray. No demon, dude, or demigod, no soul of any fashion can overthrow the ebb and flow of goodness, dark and passion. How does a searcher purge his life and leave the modes behind? What kind of mind could I design to make me so refined? When your head's straight, you'll never hate to see the modes attack. And when the modes abandon you, you'll never want them back. The fool's amigo, phony ego, goads one to insist. He chose the load the modes imposed that he could not resist. Devoted souls who work for the supreme find satisfaction and free themselves from jealousy and karma-packed reactions. Yoginam apisarvesham madgatenantaratmanam shradhavan bhajate yomam Maintain your duty sanely, never favor win or lose, and turn your fight to yoga like the cooler people do. Like lotuses on water keep their leaves and flowers dry, in this polluted world a yogi's cool and purified. Their senses standing back from mundane vision, sounds, and smells, they're like a turtle tugging tender limbs inside its shell. You may suppress your senses, but desires still remain. But when you savor yoga, it is painless to refrain. Yet faithless dudes with attitudes forsake such aspirations, misusing all their time pursuing physical sensations. Arjuna, use your mind to rise. Do not degrade yourself. Befriend your mind or you will find it turns your life to hell. You must be kidding, Krishna. This is way too hard for me. For all I find inside my mind is bipolarity. My stupid mind is stubborn, strong always spewing spin. Instead of yoga, why don't we just wrestle with the wind? <laughs> Arjuna, be a fighter, man. It's hard to stop the mind, but be detached and practice and you'll master it in time. Suppose I take up yoga, but my ego wins the show. What fate awaits the yogi if he fails to make the prose? If I break my vows, who am I? A cloud who roams the stratosphere, a homeless wreck on earth and heaven. Heaven, loser of the year. Would I lose all my peace of mind, contentedness, and cash? Hey, Krishna, only you can say, what will happen if I crash? Relax, Arjuna. Crash or not, one thing is understood. No evil can compete when you are reaching for the good. A messed up yogi goes to heaven, has a blast, and then returns for birth on earth in wealthy homes and tries again. And sometimes loser yogis take a birth after they fall as children of great yogis, so they never lose at all. And of all yogis, one who favors God within his mind, affectionately serving him in 
every place and time, though sometimes just as twisted or existing like a minion, is best among all yogis, in my own humble opinion. Tadvidhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevayam Upadeksyanti te jnanam jnaninastatvadarshinaha. So train your mind with knowledge, and your spirit will be pleased. True knowledge, unlike college, brings out saintly qualities, simplicity and tolerance, a taste for being clean, stability and self-control, a mind always serene, awareness of and freedom from the evil side of life, a simple peaceful resonance with husband or with wife, humility, a lack of pride, attachment to nonviolence, acceptance of a guru to direct you in this science, acknowledging the value of a quest to find the truth. Pursue these forms of knowledge and you'll soon be shatterproof. How can I pick out gurus by the way they think and talk? Are they at peace just sitting or do they always walk the walk? A guru's happy, learned, wise, and always self-controlled. A guru sees equality in pebbles, stones, and gold. Because the wise can recognize their soul, eyes are equal to cows and dogs and elephants and great or simple people. And gurus in a higher place embrace authentically a total stranger, cherished friend, or stalwart enemy. A seasoned transcendentalist can see the soul within and easily skims off the senses self-indulgent whims. When you find out your guru and gain equal eyes on earth, you'll thrive, be purified, and rise above death and rebirth. You'll celebrate escaping from the dictates of the senses, awaken to the absolute as boundless bliss commences through knowledge from a guru. You can understand and serve a realized soul to teach you what he studied and observed. Yad yad vibhuti masatvam Srimad urjita mevava Tad tad eva vagatcha twam Mamate Both you and I, Arjuna, have completed many lives. Your memory has wilted while my memory survives. As architect of everything, my body is unborn. And many times I've come in my transcendent primal form. Whenever rationality comes crashing to an end and psycho souls assume control, at that time I descend, defeating every sicko and defending every sage. I re-establish sanity in each and every age. You see, there's no reality except for me, my friend. The whole shebang just hangs on me as pearls hang on a thread. I spread myself through everything, though I remain unseen. I have a life that's all my own, yet all life lives in me. I live and give in every person animal and plant. But overall I'm subtle. Try to see me and you can't. Officiating in the heart, I educate you all by letting you forget sometimes or helping you recall. The ancient Vedic writings are compiled by me alone. I authored all the Vedas and by them I can be known. You you understand yourself, my lord, but I don't have a clue. Please tell me with your sweet, wor- sweet, sweet words, how can I muse on you? 
the Himalayan mountains are of solid things like me. I am the endless ocean, and of plants the banyan tree. Of rivers, I'm the Ganga, flowing strong and sanctified. I am the wind, the best among all things that purify. Though I am death, the end of all, I sire all to be. Of women, I am patience, glory, speech, and memory. Of hymns, I am the Gayatri. Of seasons, I am spring. Of months, I am November, time of peace and harvesting. Though Om resounds among all sounds, the sacrificial call of my uncounted holy names enchants me most of all. Remember, every glorious and opulent creation has sprung but from a spark of my resplendent situation. So why go on, Arjuna? With a more exhaustive list, a tiny, shiny part of me pervades all that exists. Bhaktya Twadnanyaya Shakya Ahamevam Vidorjuna Gatum Gastum Chatatvena Praveshtum Chaparantapam Although I love your pleasing form and ideal for meditation, I could explore cosmic form that swarms the whole creation. Can I withstand its grandeur? Will my senses still perform? If so, then please reveal to me your universal form. Arjuna, buckle up, my friend, and see my mystic skill as countless godly forms appear with color set to thrill. Those lines of shining demigods combine to show you more vibrations and a vision and a mood unviewed before. Whatever you may want to witness any time or space is showcased for you face-to-face at once and in one place. At once, Arjuna noticed massive faces, mouths, and eyes with weapons, gems, and vibrant clothes of monumental size. In Krishna's cosmic body, he could see the gods dispersed on countless stars and planets strung across the universe. A hundred thousand blazing suns arising in the east could never beat the light and heat this cosmic form released. This overwhelmed Arjuna felt his hair stand up on end. His mood now swayed, he bowed and prayed before his mystic friend. So many bellies, arms and eyes I cannot comprehend. For Krishna, nowhere does it start and nowhere does it end. With dazzling discs and clubs and crowns surround me. I cannot bear this blazing glare that's everywhere I see. No secret can escape your blazing eyes, the moon and sun. Now flames are shooting from your mouth, consuming everyone. O Lord of Lord, who holds the worlds, be merciful to me. A tiny man who cannot stand to see your deadly teeth. Your mouth sucks all these soldiers through its jice and fearsome lips. Your two jaws that gnaw their veins and brains and bloody broken bits. Like livers at like rivers rush into the sea, our moss flowing into fire. Humanity flees to your mouth, the universal pyre. You cremate all creations with your blazing, scorching rays and swallow all survivals, survivors who attempt to run away. I beg to know your purpose. I bow down in accord. Please tell me who you are. Feel some form, O Lord of Lords. Hmm, time I am, the death of all. You're now in my domain. You and your brothers will survive. All others will be slain. So rise and fight. Reclaim your rights, your destiny to rule. Your foes already decompose. 
so why not be my tool? My Lord, you should be glorified by everyone who lives. But I have made offenses, I implore you to forgive. How foolishly I chilled with you in friendly conversation, while thinking we were equals, kicking back in relaxation. As cordial people overlook a disrespectful friend, as lovers often disregard remarks that might offend, as patient parents put up with a crude conceited son, forgive me for these thoughtless things I've ignorantly done. You asked me, and I showed to you my giant cosmic form, an awesome sight of light and death that no one's seen before. And now you find your mind is blown, you're groaning and disturbed. Relax and see, it's me again, the way that you prefer. If you stood on your head all day or gave your gold away, you still would never see me as you see me here today. My devotees who constantly connect by serving me can see me as I am, my friend, and know my mystery. Brahmano hi pratishtaham amritasya vyayasya cha shasvatasya cha dharmasya a verse to God as personal. Some make Brahman their aim. Are you that omnipresence that has no form or name? A flock of fools insist that I have come from the Brahman. Though I am ever perfect, they would rather see me gone. They never look behind the curtain, hiding me from view. And thus they miss my endless form of awesome magnitude. To meditate on nothingness is trouble guaranteed and though a perseverant person sometime may succeed if you will be my devotee and serve me with each breath i'll personally pull you from the surf of birth and death by serving me devotedly in every situation you're on the road to unload all the modes contamination while on this path you'll simply laugh at good or bad reactions for i supply the basis of an endless satisfaction Trividham narakasyedam Doram nashanamatmanaha Kamakrodhastatalobhas Divinity and decency define my friend for you. Now hear about the fiendish and their atheistic views. The fiend is fond of greedy, stupid, brutal attitudes, like arrogance beyond conceit and self-indulgent moods. He says this world is bogus and there's no God in control. He thinks that life is meant for sex, for lust consumes his soul. Traversing down this trail of thought to discrimination lost, constructing senseless weapons, disregarding what they cost. This villain vainly struts about in condescending pride, compelled to crush the world by lust that's never satisfied. Although his whole philosophy is meant to bring him pleasure, he ends up in anxiety that even he can't measure. So then the fiend will think, I'm stinking rich with gold galore. My enemies are all deceased. I'll chase and waste some more. I am the king so everything is meant for my delight and anything I choose to do is absolutely right my wealthy friends and relatives approach me on their knees for none you see can ever be as powerful as me now watch me give some charity and feed the wretched poor 
Like that, he thinks and drinks and sinks in madness more and more, nonplussed by tough anxiety and lust he cannot quell, the fiendish flush all piety and bust a path to hell. These rotten, rude, resentful rascals, lowermost of men, are born as animals or worse again and yet again. Three gates lead to this hellish life, unkindness, lust, and rage. The sane with brains to jump this train wreck gain the highest stage. Mahatmanastumam partam diving prakriti mashritaha bhajantyananya manaso yatva buddhatim avyayam. Now I'll describe my devotees. They're always karma free, consuming food first fondly offered feelingly to me. A dude who just devours food for sensual delight, neglecting its creator, swallows karma with each bite. So serving me with every design and deed, the wise find shelter in my service from their aging and demise. They sing my names, bow down to me, and work with total grit, adoring me quite blissfully, a perfect loving fit. These devotees all aim to please and act without false pride. In laughter or disaster, they are always satisfied. My devotees see no one needs to feel anxiety. They tolerate and don't berate, and they are dear to me. They're never phased by praise or hazing, freezing cold or heat. They're fair to friend and foe, forever very dear to me. Manmana bhava mad bhakto madhyaji mam namaskuru mame vaisya siyuktvayvam atmana mad parayanaha how do you know my sacrifice you live within but where? And how can I remember you when death walks up my stairs? My pure devotees think of me and serve me all the time. Discussing me incessantly, their lives become sublime. Because they serve me with such love and do so constantly, I give them all the news and views they use to come to me. To show how much I love them too from deep inside their hearts, I shine the lamp of knowledge and unclean them from the dark. Such perfect people ponder me in pure exhilaration. If that's too much, try out a touch of bhakti regulations. For bhakti yoga teaches you to serve me with affection. If that's too quirky, work for me and slowly reach perfection. If doing that falls flat and you feel scatterbrained with fret, then serve the homeless, sick and poor, ignoring what you get. For working without wages, like the sages, you will find more pleasing then a PhD and easy on your mind. A cup of water makes me smile, though I could drink an ocean. A flower, fruit, or leaf are fine when offered in devotion. The things you do, the gifts you give, and every tasty dish, just give them first to me with love, and your soul fills enriched. And now I do not play favorites. People get what they desire. So if somebody longs for me, I'm naturally inspired. If you mess up a time or two, I won't won't make a complaint. Just get up and continue, and you'll soon become a saint. You'll quickly gain the righteousness and peace that people prize. Arjuna, tell the world that Krishna's servant never dies. A man or woman, king or slave, are equal in my eye, so anyone who comes to me will never be denied. Become my servant, think of me, bow down, and you will see, by making
making me your everything. Success is guaranteed. Sarva dharmam parichaja mamekam sharanam braja aham tvam sarva papebhyo mokshayishyami masuchaha ecstatic in transcendent bliss released from tears and urges with friendly mood to every dude at last you'll gain my service remember me and I'll blow every barrier away forget me and your ego gets completely in the way because you're my best friend forever hear these final words a message still more personal than all as yet you've heard abandon all religion and release yourself to me I'll cleanse your sins and make amends have no anxiety my friend i now have told you all the confidential news consider what i've said and do whatever you may choose dear krishna i remember now what i am fighting for i've heard your perfect words and rest assured i win this war my master as i speak the words of krishna and his friend the hairs that span my body are all standing on their ends wherever there is krishna the supremely mystic soul wherever there is arjuna the master of the bow amazing strength and wealth appear and in their great profusion the good comes out on top o oh master that is my conclusion yatra yogeshwara krishna yatra parto danurdharaha tatra shir vijayo bhutir dhruvanitir matir mama Gaur Premanandi, Hari Bo. Hari Bo. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Naveen and Nanda Prabhu. That was well done, don't you think? <laughs> so we have a couple of minutes. Are there any questions, reflections on this Bhagavad Gita meditation? Oh, um, about a year of uh, daily writing, a little bit. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, yeah, writing is just done, right, Krishna Priya? Little bits every day. Little drops of water wear away big stones, Prabhupada. And it was just a complete blast, great fun the whole time. So, All right, other, other thoughts or comments? Yes, Prabhu. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, Prabhu. Yes, Nandini Prabhu. <laughs> and we would know, right? We <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you all. Any anything else? Any questions about the philosophy of the Gita that we Okay. All right. So um now, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> we, we have copies of the uh, the book from which this is taken. This is all 700 verses of the Gita in, in the rap format. We saw about 220 here. So I have some copies we brought with us. My uh, traveling partner and I, Ananda Loka, are traveling. We call it poetry in motion here, just moving across the country and doing this presentation. So... These books are paid for. We have plenty of copies. I would like to give anyone who would like a copy a gift. If you would like to donate something to pass it forward, 
on to the next person. Well, uh, they can give, you can give them to Ananda Loka Prabhu. I'll be happy to sign the books here for you too if you wish. Nityananda Prabhu? We, uh, I have this only on PowerPoint. I'd be happy to share that if you wish. Right, that's the whole idea. <laughs> well, it's pretty skinny. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's 108 pages and lots of white space also. <laughs> no, not a hard read, not a hard read. Okay, so if there's no other questions or comments, again, I thank you for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Hare Krishna, let's give uh, Kalakanta Prabhu a very big hand again. This is so wonderful. As I was saying at the time of the presentation, you might sit down, just might sit down, just sit down for a while so people can see. Um, as I was saying in the uh, presentation earlier that I made, um, in the, in the announcements that Krishna is our original father, uh, he is always looking out for our best interests. And he really wants us to be happy beyond what we think is happiness. His idea of happiness is much greater. Just like for a billionaire, their idea of wealth is much greater for, than for a beggar. And a beggar at least has some standing in front of a billionaire. We don't have much of a standing in front of Krishna. Krishna is such a great person. So he comes in these two forms. He comes in the form of the Paramatma and he comes in the form of the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. So I really, really urge all of you to get this book, take advantage of it, and give it out to your friends. There is one secret you should know about the Bhagavad Gita, and that is that if you gave a Bhagavad Gita to somebody, everything that's going to happen in their life, which is going to be, which is going to create fortune, will come to you as well. What a great way to gain fortune, that you actually, because somebody else gets some great fortune, you can get it too. So do your very best to proliferate this by giving away as many Bhagavad Gitas as possible. And here is one form you can give it away where many uh, in the West, and in fact in India also I'm sure, if they read this book they'd be very, very inspired because it's done very authentically. Some of us uh, have studied the Bhagavad Gita in very in much detail and we give discourses on them and lectures on them. And when I heard this, I could see it is very authentic. There is nothing, there's no interpretation there that I would question. The purpose is to really allow us to access our Supreme Father, the Supreme Lord, Krishna himself. And this book allows that to happen. And this is the fastest way you can do that. So take advantage of that while you got the opportunity, because death can come to any one of us at any time. People have died in the womb of the mother. People have died in very long ages. And people die all in between. You never know when our life will snuff out. Take advantage of this. Prabhupada set up this movement just so that we can be benefited to the highest extent, to the highest degree. Take advantage of these wonderful devotees like this who are visiting us. They worked so hard. They spent one year doing year doing this. And we got the presentation free of charge. Free of charge. Nobody in their right mind does that. You know? But this shows, this is not a question of right mind. This is the question of the best mind. 
this is the question of what Krishna wants of us. And he's done that for us. Take advantage, get the books, read, and benefit yourselves amazingly as much as you can. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask now if the children will speak from the Bhagavad Gita. They're going to chant chapter 12, did they say? You're going to be chanting chapter 12 from the Bhagavad Gita. And then after that, we'll do some kirtan. I'm not seeing. The time is now. It's five. What? We've got some time, yeah. So you can chant the uh, uh, 12th verse, and then after that, we'll do kirtan. After that, there'll be Tulsi Puja. <clears throat> Is there an opportunity for people to meet with you after this? Um, um, yes, or Nityan Chandra? Would it be best for Mara Prabhupada to sit when here or in the darshan room? darshan room? Are you okay with the darshan room? Because that's where people can come and meet you with, yeah. Yeah, so Darshan Room is upstairs. You see lots of signs. It says Darshan Room. As you go for getting the feast, just look to your right. You'll see a stairwell going up. That's where the Darshan Room is. Please take advantage of Prabhuji's presence here and meet with him. Ask him any questions. I noticed some of you didn't ask any questions. Questions. I'm sure you have questions in your heart, but you feel shy or whatever. Please take advantage of this. Asking questions will give us the best answers and then the best life that we can live while we're on this planet. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.